We are less than 24 hours away from the U.S. men's national team debut at the World Cup in Brazil. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me in Brazil, in Natal, is Ivis Galarcep. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, Garrett. I got to say, I wasn't sure when we'd get another show up. It's been a little crazy in Brazil, but we've finally been able to do it. Uh, I've been here since Thursday, and it's actually I've been here since Wednesday. It's uh, it's been amazing, you know. Like the fans are pouring in from all over the world. Uh, I was at the opening match. It was a great spectacle, great great just seeing Brazilian fans going nuts, and uh, it, it's just it's just a, it's what you expect from a World Cup with uh, everybody just happy and, and celebrating the the beautiful game. Have you had a chance to like calm down yet, or is it has it just been like just go 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 from the minute you got there? Oh, I mean, the one big issue here is internet connectivity. Like, I've been, the first couple of days was a struggle as far as internet goes, and I was finally able to sort that out on Friday. And then Saturday, I go and get sick again. I uh, ended up in, I was just laid up in bed for for like 24 hours. Uh, but I was able to listen to soccer games while I was laying in bed. That's about it. But everything's back to normal now on Sunday, and uh, you know, I'm here. I'm here in Natal at the stadium. We just had the press conferences with the U.S. team, Jurgen Klinsmann. Uh, Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey also spoke, and uh, you know it's we're almost there. We're we're less than a day away, and you know I, I have a sense. The sense you get is that it's a confident bunch. You know we we've been with these guys, been around these guys for a few days now, and you really get the sense that it's a it's a it's a positive group. It's a confident group, and there is no sense of kind of like you don't get a sense of that, that they're a team that doesn't think they can win. I really think this team, this U.S. team, believes it can win and mm-hmm. believes it's gonna gonna win on Monday. Well, the U.S., as we all know, came off those three victories in the uh, send-off series. Uh, all them is the U.S. progressed each single game, and especially with that Nigeria game where the U.S. looked really good in that game, defeating Nigeria 2-1. to one. But as we said, you know, Ghana is a very good team, Ivis. They have a lot of Champions League players. They've also knocked the U.S. out of the World Cup in 2010. They defeated the U.S. in the group stage in 2006. So Ghana is a very good quality side. I mean, you can't put them to the side, even though you have Portugal and Germany in this in this group, Ghana's going to be a very tough test for the U.S. men's national team. But I mean, everyone's excited. I mean, it's been four years we've been waiting for this. But I mean, the biggest question, Ivis, that everyone has on their mind is the starting eleven for the U.S. men's national team and what Jurgen Klinsmann is going to put out there. We, we've seen him do different formations, and he's always talked about that that you need to have variety to win, especially in the World Cup. But when you look at the starting eleven for the U.S. men's national team, Ivis, kind of just going from back to front. I mean, Tim Howard, Mr. 100 cap himself, he should for sure be getting the start against Ghana on Monday. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, it's not really a question. I, honestly, the entire lineup, if you want to talk about who's it's going to be, it's pretty much, if I had to guess, it's going to be the lineup we saw against Nigeria. I really don't think there are going to be any surprises as far as that goes. Talking to the players over the last few days, you definitely get the sense that the back four is going to be the same with mm-hmm. Beasley, Beesler, Cameron, and, Fab- and Fabian Johnson. And then you also have Kyle Beckerman, who really sounds like he's going to be the guy as well. Uh, I asked Jurgen Klinsmann about Beckerman today, and he just had nothing but praise for him. Actually compared him to Brazilian legend and former World Cup winning captain Dunga as someone who does that dirty work to help set up the creative players on the team. And you really get the sense he's going to start. So you figure Beckerman, Jermaine Jones, Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey, uh, and Josie Altador will start. Alejandro Bedoya, he, he started against Nigeria. I think if there's a player who maybe doesn't start out of that group, I'd say maybe you go with a Zussi over a Bedoya. But I think Bedoya probably starts. That, but that's the, kind of the one position that if you could say there, there might be a toss up there. Mm-hmm. I think that would, that would be it. When, when you look at this though, Ivis, uh, I mean, obviously the biggest thing then is going to be just kind of the, 
the style of play against Ghana. You know, Ghana's going to be a little bit better than Nigeria, you'd have to expect. You know, does, does Jurgen rolling out in that 4 through 2 1, is that really going to be able to hold, you know, Ghana's athleticism, their speed? And I mean, they have quality technical players on their side. Well, that's the point of the formation is to deal with those type of issues. You can't play a diamond and, ex- and, and not expect to get overrun in the middle. Uh, excuse me while I get a little distracted here. It looks like Argentina already scored. I'm, I have the ga- this games on at all times here, which is crazy. I'm also um, watching the Argentina game first. I think your TV's a little bit faster than mine. Yeah, well, I am in Brazil, so it's probably, it probably gets to you a little slower. But, uh, but no, but yeah, 4 3 2 1, you know, the way it's set up, it, it, it's to really solidify the defense, uh, give the defense. Oh, actually, it was an own goal by, uh, by Bosnia. Pretty ugly. But anyway, I digress. Um, the, the U.S. defense, the key, you know, you want to, Start out with a strong defense um, and make things difficult for those Ghana attackers. They'll give them a lot of space. And I think with Beckerman anchored in front of the defense, with Jermaine Jones and Bedoya working up and down the flanks, uh, you know, working through the channels, uh, they have that work rate to really uh, limit the space that Ghana will have. And once you get from there to the counter, then you have Josie Altidore, Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey, and then you have the fullbacks as well who can get in on the counter they can go at that Ghana defense. And look, it's not going to be easy by any means. Ghana's a very tough team. They're not going to be easy to, to beat either. But I really think this U.S. team, from an athleticism standpoint, can match up better with Ghana than than the past two teams, past two U.S. teams were able to do. The 06 team, the 2010 team, neither one of those teams were as athletic as this potential starting lineup is. Uh, I know this group lasts experience. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there isn't, there isn't a... De- of the projected back four, Beasley's the only one who's played in the World Cup, and he didn't play it as a defender. But even without that experience, I still think that the, the quality that they have as a group and the athleticism that they have will be enough to cause some problems for Ghana. Yeah, you, you've, been, you've had a chance to hang out with the U.S. men's. Not, not, I mean, not hang out with them, you know, not not going out with them. But, I mean, you've, you've had a chance to, to you, you just said you're at your Clinton's press conference. I know the U.S. had, had a, a, a training session that you were at. You know, kind of when, when you see this team and, and compared to other World Cups that you've been to, because this is your fourth one, do you sense anything different out of this team since they don't have the experience, you could say, as, as 2010 or maybe 2006? Because 2002... Had a few young guys on that roster, but just kind of being around this team, kind of what, what's the overall sense that you're getting from these guys? I mean, to be honest, I feel like all the, all the past U.S. teams, there's been a bit of a pretty a pretty good vibe. I mean, you know, maybe the 06 team, I, I'm not I'm not as sure there was as as good a vibe around that team. I thought the two the 2002 team was was pretty stable, pretty settled. I mean, they actually had you know as much as they had Landon Donovan and Marcus Beasley, they had a lot of veteran experience on, on that team. They had a lot of uh, you know, mature players who had been through it, Claudia Reyna, Ernie Stewart, uh, Eddie Pope, uh, you know, they, they had a quite, quite a Brad Fiedel. They, they had some solid veterans on that team. Uh, the 2010 team also, once again, an experienced team with Carlos Bocanegra, Landon Donovan, uh, Clint Dempsey. Uh, but this group is a bit younger, but I, you know, sometimes, the, uh, being younger can actually help you because you don't realize what you're getting into. You don't, you, you don't know what, you, as Tim Howard put it recently, you don't know what, you don't know what to fear. And there's something to be said for that. Like, I, I mean, I really think this is a confident group. Even the guys who haven't been in World Cups. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy like a Jeff Cameron. He's coming in with a world of confidence. Fabian Johnson seems really confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and, jo- you know, Josie Altor has played in the World Cup before, but, you know, obviously he's, he, he, as much as he had the whole goal, goal scoring drought, you feel like he's ready to go. You feel like he's ready to, to make a statement and show that, that, you know, all the concerns and all the criticism and questions about him were, were really a little misguided, even though, hey, it was completely fair. He had a horrendous year at Sunderland, so people mm-hmm. were going to be worried about him. But I think now that we're here, now that the team has been pretty much built, 
and you know that this it's been built to get him service it's all there for him to, it's the take it's there for the taking for him it's it, this world cup is is there for Josie Abdador to put on a show and now we're going to see if he can do it well against Ghana i mean who who well, first off i mean between 2010 2006 you only have like six guys carrying over so a lot of these guys obviously on this roster that we playing against Ghana they were not in that that loss uh against Ghana in the round of 16. But going against Ghana, I mean, obviously Josie Altador is really going to have to step up. I mean, Michael Bradley, no, we're going to have to get out of him. But is there anyone that you're kind of looking at that's saying, no, this is a guy that is going to be the difference maker in this match? I mean, possibly Fabian Johnson? Uh, actually, I think it's the center backs. I really think uh, Matt Beasley or Jeff Cameron, if they have a good game, if they play well, Ghana's going to have a lot of problems because I think, you know, they, they, they're going to be looking to their forwards. Uh, they're going to look to Asamo John. They're going to look at the speedy youngster Christian Atsu to really come at the U.S. And I think if Beastler and Cam, Beastler and Cameron are, are athletic enough, they're they're uh, you know quick enough, and I think they're smart enough to put themselves in good positions to deal with what might come their way. Um, but again, they have to sh- they have to prove it. And if they can do that, if they put together a solid game, it's going to make things so much easier for the rest of the group. You know, when, when you have those two shutting things down. Um, and if so, if they, again, if they play well, I think the rest will come together. I really think that's kind of the, that's going to be what tips the scale one way or the other for me in this game. Uh, against Ghana, though, I mean, Ghana's they they do have players obviously that do play in the Champions League, but but you know we we don't have much of an opportunity to watch them. You know, say you know England or Germany, you know some other international countries that we are a little more familiar with. But playing against Ghana, you know, who, who is kind of the guys that the U.S. men's national team is, is really going to have to have to look out for? You know, the guy that could that could really punish this team on Monday. Well, there's some familiar faces. I mean, there haven't been uh, a ton of drastic changes when you when you want to talk about their star players. I mean, I think uh, you, you obviously have to start with Asamo John, the same player who knocked the U.S. out four years ago. He's back, and he's someone who's going to be uh, a, a big uh, a big handful for them. Uh, and and I think obviously in their midfield, uh, there's some questions about just who's going to start for them. Uh, you know, they have a variety of players. Whether it's when you have Michael Essien. Uh, Soli Montari, Kevin Prince Boateng, um, Anthony Anan, Andre Ayu. You've got a variety of guys that their manager can put together out there. And, and it's, uh, any, any combination of guys that he puts out there is going to be a strong one. So, uh, I think both Kevin Prince Boateng, I'm not sure about his status right now. Is he definitely going to be a starter? If he is, he's a handful. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. I think people remember him, obviously, from the 2010 game. Um, but I think their midfield is strong as it is. I think the fact that you, if you put Kyle Breckerman in that deep, position where you allow Jermaine Jones and Michael Bradley to be two-way players, I think that can help get the most out of Bradley and Jones, and that's going to help them, if not win that battle in the midfield outright, at least neutralize it and make it an even 50-50, because Mm -hmm. that's Ghana's strength. Ghana's strength is their midfield and what they're able to do in controlling games. If the U.S. can match them there, and that's that's an area of the field that the U.S. has not matched them there in the past, if the U.S. can match them in the middle, then it's, for me, I think it I think it can absolutely tip in their favor. Well, you got to hope that that pairing that we saw against Nigeria, the Michael Bradley, Kyle Beckerman, and Jermaine Jones. I mean, Jermaine Jones when he's on Ivis, I mean, he he could be he could be the difference maker in this match with his ability to backtrack, play both ways. You know, obviously he does make his mistakes. We all know that, but for the most part, though, Jermaine Jones, Ivis is he, he comes up clutch sometimes. And against Nigeria, he was outstanding in that in that game. And you got to hope that it carries over to Ghana here. Uh, and the other thing that Jurgen Klinsmann has really been able to do since he's taken over the U.S. Men's National Team, Ivis is is he's able to go to his bench late in games and bring on guys, and, and that's what you want. You want your guys to come off the bench and provide immediate spark, provide an impact. And, and he has found that. He has this magic touch, Ivis, where he seems to be able to bring in one guy a game who just provides a late goal, provides a late assist. 
So going into this match, you know, there's a lot of options for you're going to bring off guys off the bench. Who do you think is going to be, you know, I'm not saying who's going to be the first guy off the bench, but who do you think, you know, will be getting some playing time in this game? Uh, I'd say for me, Aaron Johansson. I think he's a guy who can absolutely be a difference maker in a game like this. Uh, mixed discord we've seen uh, make an impact off the bench. But for me, Aaron Johansson, I think he's the one where, you know, if you need a change of pace in the second half, someone who's going to be a handful against a Ghana defense that isn't a, isn't like an unstoppable defense. You can beat their defense. And, and from that standpoint, I think, you know, if Josie Atsador, uh can beat them up for, for 60, 70 minutes um, and, and get them, you know, nice and ready for, for the change of pace of Aaron Johansson, I think he can make that difference. Uh, you also have someone like Tim Chandler, who it seems healthy is it seems like he's healthy now, just watching him. Uh, a little bit in training today. He trained with the full team. There was an injury concern earlier in the week, but you know you could bring him off the bench in the you know 75th, 80th minute to give you that speed on the wing. Uh, so you know they, you're in Klinsman has some options there. There's also Brad Davis who can come in mm-hmm. and give you some service, uh, give you some service as well. So uh, there are some good options, but for me, I'd say Aaron Johansson is the one. I want to see him come into the match 75th, 70th, 75th, 80th minute and have a chance to really go at some people. And, and I really think he can make things happen. Well, I think the same. You could also say that about Mixed Discrute. That's another guy who's, who's really found a, a special spot for coming off the bench and providing some uh, some late sparks and games for the U.S. But the most important thing in regards to talking about this game is prediction time. Uh, I'll let you go first, Ivis, because I don't want to steal your thunder. Then you're, you're going to accuse me of stealing from you. So you can go first. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, First of all, we have to say this. Uh, yeah, because I am kind of disappointed that we didn't get to do a full World Cup prediction show like we had hoped to do before the World Cup began. But uh, for the U.S., I know I was saying I'll, I'll let you know more after the send-off series about how I feel about this group mm-hmm. getting out of the uh, how I feel about this U.S. team getting getting out of this group. I really think this U.S. team is going to get out of this group, and it's not just because of Cristiano Ronaldo's knee and and, and whether or not he's going to be 100. percent I really think this U.S. team. I think the defense, the way Klinsman's put it together. It's really impressed me, uh, and you know, I wrote a story on Goal.com about it today, uh, just about the transformation in the past year and a half of the defense, and even just the moves in the recent weeks and months. Where you know, at one point we thought it was Brad Evans right back, Omar Gonzalez center back, then you know he takes Jeff Cameron, moves him to center back, moves Fabio Johnson to the right back position, and all of a sudden, voila, you have yourself a speedy defense with strength in the middle. Doesn't have the experience maybe of past groups, but I really like this defense. So that combined with Michael Bradley's new attacking role makes me really confident that this U.S. team is going to beat Ghana and get out of this group. I really see it happening. What's what's the so, score though? I need I need a score though. Come Ghana, on, Ghana. Well, for the Ghana game, I'm going to go two-one USA. Okay. Goals from Josie Altador and Michael Bradley. I like that. It's a very good prediction. How about you now? I'll, I'll say two-one too because I, I think that's what the U.S. is going to do. But I'll, I'll say that. Uh, Maybe Johnson gets a goal, and I'll also say that Clint Dempsey gets a goal. Nice, uh, Johnson's going to be the difference maker in this match, man. His late runs, which he showed against Nigeria, that's something the U.S. hasn't had really over the last couple years. I mean, no offense to Brad Evans because Brad Evans is an outstanding player, but Johnson, man, he, he just provides that that last little push in the final third. I think he's going to be big time against Ghana, man. No, I agree. I think he's going to do really well. Uh, predictions for the group, though. So you got the you, – do you think U.S. – because, I mean – I think Germany's going to finish first, so I think I, I think you and I are probably on the same page with with that one, right? So the U.S. will, will qualify uh, no, no. second, no? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Germany Germany's going to win the group, yeah. And I think the U.S. finishes second. I think hey, I think the schedule works out for the U.S. And you and I talked about this too. Playing Germany that last game, you know, Germany 
you know, they might have already clinched the group. They might rest some of their starters. You know, I, th- I think it worked out for the U.S., the schedule, even though it's a tough group. I mean, every group in the World Cup is tough, but uh, I, th- I think it worked out for the U.S., Ivis. No, that, well, we said that when the draw happened, that if there was any bright spot coming out of that really, really tough draw, it's the order of the games. And I think that holds true even more now. Even more now, just with Portugal, and I think they're vulnerable with the whole Cristiano, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo injury situation. Mm-hmm. They're still not going to be an easy team to deal with, but I think I really like the U.S. chances. I'm not saying they're going to sit there and win the first two games, but I think they'll beat Ghana, and I think I I like their chances against Portugal. Absolutely. Uh, well, the rest of the World Cup is underway. We've some we've seen already seen some fantastic games, uh, a few upsets here and there. But you were at the first match, Brazil versus Croatia. I thought Croatia got robbed in that game. Brazil had a little bit of home cooking in the referee. And that one, but, uh, I mean, Ivis, that, that looked like just w- what a, what a wonderful match to attend. The atmosphere. Oscar w- looked outstanding in that game for Brazil. I mean, that must have been a really cool experience to be able to see the opening game at the World Cup. Well, you know, it's, it, it was a spectacle. I mean, obviously have, having a stadium full of yellow jerseys, having them go crazy when they came back to win that game. And look, I know people are going to complain about that penalty call, but I know I saw a replay that I, that showed me, that could help me understand where the referee was looking. He saw the defender have his arms up on Fred. Whether or not the, the arm contact was really enough to bring him down, the fact of the matter is if you're a defender in the penalty area, you put your arms up like that, you're going to leave yourself open for a possible call. And was it a good call? No, it was a bad call, but you have to. You always have to look at it from the sense of how, what, what was the thought process there? What, I know it's easy to, for the conspiracy theorists to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, they, they, they're home cooking for, the, uh, for Brazil. No, look at it from the standpoint of his vantage point. He sees the defender arms up. Why is the defender's? Why are his arms up? His arms up. It looks like because he's grabbing him. Now, obviously, he didn't grab him that much, but again, you put yourself in that position, you have the opportunity to get a call go against you, and that and that and that's what you have to as a defender. You got to know that. So, it was a bad call. Yes, is it a conspiracy? No. People need to take it easy with that. What I think we should do, even though the tournament is well underway, I still think we should do predictions, even though. And I will readily admit the ones that I, I was going to get wrong, such as Spain, who right now does not look like a good bet for the next round. But I think we should go group by group and talk about who we see going where. Okay, fine. Group A. Uh, Brazil, Mexico did get the victories in, in this one. Uh, my, look, my only thing with Croatia, I didn't like that the referee called that when Croatia equalized. That's my only problem with the game. That was very poor judgment on, on his part in that one. I think I think Croatia got a little rot. But Croatia's a tough team. I think Brazil for sure will get out of Group A. But I don't know, Ivis. I'm tossed up between Mexico and Croatia. Make a pick. I'll say, fine, I'll say Croatia. I agree. I think Croatia's going to get off the mat. They look good. Although Luka, Mo- although Luka Modric supposedly he's got some kind of injury, but even, you know, hopefully he's all right. But as impressive as Mexico was, Cameron, Cameroon looked awful in the opener. But uh, nothing against Mexico. You know, you, I know I know a lot of U.S. fans hate w- w- want to see them fail. Um, I still think Croatia's going to get it done. I think Croatia be- wins wins that game when they play each other, and I think it's Brazil, Croatia, Group A. Which, which is stupid because for for U.S. fans should be, and I know some people are going to be like, oh, how dare you say this, but we should be supporting the CONCACAF teams. We want our region to do well. We want our region to upset teams. It makes us look better. makes us more high profile. I think it's, they, it's, it's easy to say that, but when you ha- when emotions are evolved <laughs> and you have a rival that you hate, yeah, I, I would never begrudge a U.S. fan for hating Mexico, ever. That's weird. That's their right as a U.S. fan to have a team that they hate or teams that they hate. Mexico happens to be the team that they hate the most. So I would never say, hey, U.S. fans, you should root for Mexico because that's crazy. No, but I'm not saying said that. that. What I will say is people can't. U.S. fans should understand that Mexico doing well 
isn't a bad thing exactly. for, for the U.S. Exactly. So, there you go. It makes us look good. So, all right. Group. All right. Good. good. Got, I was on the same page. All right. That's good. We can move on. Group B. You have Netherlands, Chile, Australia, Spain. Um, look, Spain, Casillas, he, he, we saw that, I, I think we saw in the Champions League final, he just, he just does not look good. He's lost a step and a few Spain guys have also lost a step too. I was, I, I think the Netherlands and, uh, Chile are both on to the next round of Group B. Well, I will readily admit, before the tournament began, I had Spain and Chile coming out of this group. Obviously, with, with, uh, Iker Casillas looking terrible and with Spain looking a step slow, uh, it's gonna be, I can't, it's gonna be tough because Chile is so good. Chile, for me, I think Chile still tops the group. As good as the Netherlands was in the opener, I think it's going to be Chile and Netherlands now. Um, you know, I think Spain, I just don't see them getting off the mat. You know, they had their run. They had the great run. World Cup, European Championship, uh, really incredible run that they've had. But I just, beyond that, though, I just can't see them doing it again. Uh, next group, Group C, if Colombia, Cote d'Ivoire, Japan, and Greece. Colombia looked, I thought they looked really good against Greece. My only thing with them is I think when they play a little more physical side, I think Colombia is going to kind of maybe take a step back, even though they have a lot of quality. I still think that Colombia and Cote d'Ivoire will advance to the next round out of Group C. What do you think? Uh, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I mean, coming in, I, w- I would have liked Japan's chances in this group. I, I think I would give them the edge over uh, over Ivory Coast. But look, Ivory Coast with the comeback win, uh, last night, so you have to give them the credit, and you know it's going to be tough for Japan to come back because I don't think they, I don't see them beating Colombia. Although that I think will be a good game, but I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with you there. At this point, Colombia and and Ivory Coast are going to be the top teams. Uh, Group D, you had a major upset: Costa Rica defeating Uruguay three to one. I, in this one, Ivis, I I say Italy will advance, and I say that Costa Rica's huge win will help out England, and I think England and Italy will move on to the next round of Group D. Hmm. Well, I will say one thing, and I don't know if I said it on this show or not. I feel like I must have because I've said it so many times. I've been telling people for as long as I can remember now that Costa Rica was going to beat somebody. Costa Rica was going to beat one of these powerhouses in that group, and and they did it. And and credit to them, credit to their their two star players, Kaylor Navas and Joel Campbell, getting it done. And and you know what? Now they're confident. Who knows what could happen now in these next two games? England better be careful because Costa Rica could knock them off, no question about it. I think Italy's going to get through. I think they have the quality. Um, but Costa Rica, England, that's going to, you know what? England can't take that one for granted by any means. Um, but if England can, can, you know, England has the quality. They should finish second. But don't sleep on Costa Rica, folks. They're a good team. They, you, know, you know, there's a reason the U.S. had so much trouble with them in the group mm-hmm. in, in, in World Cup qualifying because they are that good. They are a good team. So that one absolutely bears watching. That Costa Rica-England game is going to be a barn burner. Oh, okay, well, who, who do you have advancing under Group D, though? Uh, Italy and England. I'll, I'll say Italy okay. and England, but Costa Rica, that they're, they're going to be right there. You're just, you're just copying what I'm saying, Ivis. Come on. Well, let me go first. Then. <laughs> you always want to go first. You don't even allow me to give a prediction. Oh, my God, this guy. This, all right. Uh, group E, you have France, Switzerland, Ecuador, and Honduras. Ivis, take it away. Well, that one's pretty much going according to plan. Switzerland did have a little trouble early on against Ecuador, but they pulled it out at the very end, 93rd minute winner. I think they, they've got a lot of quality on that team. Uh, so I think they're going to, France obviously, you, know, you have to feel bad, a little bad for Honduras to get that red card to kind of really take the wind out of their sails. I mean, it would have been tough for them anyway to win, but going down a man was just, just brutal for them. So yeah, France looks good. They look strong. France and Switzerland, they're, they're going to take this group. Uh, group F, uh, Argentina, Bosnia, and Herzegovina, Iran, and Nigeria. I think the first two teams I said I have is Argentina and Bosnia. I think, I think they'll be able to move on to the next round. 
I agree. I agree. I think that's going to be the, the top two. And, uh, you know, Nigeria, I don't know. They just didn't impress me in the U.S. In the US friendly. They, they looked and, so out of shape in that game. Right. But uh, to be fair, they had just played Greece a few days earlier in Philly. So, but, but and even without that, Bosnia, I like the, the quality that they have up top and Zeko uh, in their midfield. They, they have such good quality in the midfield. So I think Argentina wins the group, but I think Bosnia is second. Uh, group G, this is the one that the U.S. is in. I, I think I and I are on the same page. We have Germany and the U.S. advancing. So we'll move on to Group H. That one, you have Belgium, Algeria, Russia, South Korea. Ivis, thoughts on this one? Well, this one's a cakewalk for Belgium, isn't it? Um, you would think. I, I, yeah, yeah, I think it should absolutely be a cakewalk. Russia is a pretty decent team. Korea it, they, they, Korea has had stronger teams. Obviously, they've had some of their better players of the years past move on. Obviously, Parchi Song retired for them. Um, and Algeria, I just, you know, I think Algeria is a better team than they were four years ago, but I still don't know if they if, if they're as close to those other teams. I'm going to go Belgium and Belgium. I'm going to go Belgium, Russia in that one. Well, predictions for the World Cup, Ivis. Who do you have winning it? Uh, I'm going to go with Brazil. Uh, I think Brazil, Argentina is going to be the final. I think, I think that's going to be a great one. Uh, it just has to happen. Brazil, Argentina, Neymar versus Messi. I think all the storylines fit in there. Um, you know, uh, how far do the, the U.S. goes is going to be a question, right? I mean, let's just assume that, you know, they could end up facing Belgium in the round of 16. That's going to be a tough one. But you know what? You never know in a World Cup, so it wouldn't shock me at all if the U.S. can make a run to the quarterfinals. Well, okay, okay. so you have Brazil, and I'm with you on that too. I think Brazil will also win the World Cup. But who, who's kind of like, I don't want to say dark horse, but but who's kind of your like, you know, not not, in, I don't want to say crazy prediction, but I mean, who do you kind of look at and say, huh, you know, I, I could see a couple things going their way. They, they could be sitting there with the trophy in their hand. Well, if you want to talk, I mean, everyone's been saying Belgium is a dark horse. Um, I like Chile, man. Chile is a good team. They've got quality up and down the field. Um, they just play so well as a team. They press you up and down the field, make things so difficult for you. And look, the Netherlands, obviously, also in that group, they, as good as they looked against Spain, you have to kind of take them seriously, right? Um, so uh, other than Brazil, Argentina, I'm going to go Chile. I'm going to go Netherlands. Um, Colombia, you've got to take still a little seriously, even though Falcao's not there. And, and of course, Germany. Germany's got to be in the conversation as well. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chile, man. Chile is that team that could really, really surprise some people. I'm gonna say Italy. Italy will be my prediction. Um, Golden Boot winner. Who do you think that's gonna be? Hmm. Good question. Kareem Benzema looks pretty good right now, right? Yeah, he does. That goal. Um, that goal is nasty. I think I think Neymar's gonna win it. I mean, I think they're gonna make they're gonna make a run to the end, and I think he's gonna be scoring goals all the way. I like that. That's good. I'll go with Robin Van Persie because well, why not? Yeah, that's possible. Well, with that, it wraps up today's SBI show. Ivis has tons of things he has to do. He has to navigate through the three-hour traffic to get wherever he needs to get to next. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if the traffic's that bad. I'm just making a joke. But uh, I'm just just busy. I'm still recovering from having lost a full day yesterday to illness. So. Yeah, where did you eat? I don't know. It was just you know I had like breakfast thing and I don't know whatever whatever it was. Was it like gotten... was a street vendor? No, man, it was at the hotel. It was just, you know, I don't know. Whatever it was, it knocked, it knocked me out, so it cost me a whole day. So I've been playing catch-up ever since. Uh, hopefully now, though, I've got the Internet sorted. I got my wireless card, so I have Internet anywhere. But mm-hmm. we will we will hopefully knock on wood have a show tomorrow after the USA-Ghana game to get the reactions and, and talk about everything that went down in this first game. So make sure you tune in 
hopefully we'll have that show drop on Tuesday morning. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we do. And, and you know, we apologize also for not having a show. You know, as I've said, things have been a little bit hectic. So uh, since the World Cup's underway and, and things are now happening, you know, I'll was i try to get a little more regular over the next couple of weeks. So, uh, Ivis, man, I'll let you go with this. New York Cosmos defeating the New York Red Bulls in the Open Cup. You missed it, man. It was fantastic. I heard. I heard it was 3-0. And it, it, look, credit to the Cosmos, right? I, I, Because, I, you know what? I don't know what Red Bulls people are saying, but I've already heard some talk about how, oh, you know, it doesn't mean anything to the Red Bulls. They, they didn't have their full team. I'm like, listen, under no circumstances should be being getting beaten by the Cosmos 3-0 be acceptable or not outrageous it was absolutely outrageous the red bull that the red bulls lost that game three 0 and it's an embarrassment it really is and it, and that's a big feather in the cap of the new york cosmos that's only going to help give them momentum and you know what at the end of the day yes it's only the open cup mm-hmm. but it's a competition and the cosmos have that now on their record books they want to go try to promote try to get fans and try to make their mark in that area the, the Red Bulls have just given them ammunition, given them fuel to help boost their their cause. So, you know what? Maybe the Red Bulls can act like they don't care about that. But the, at the fact of the matter is, there is no excuse, no excuse, to lose to a local rival like that, and it's an embarrassment. I'm, I'm so glad I got your thoughts on that. All right, I'm just, I'll let you go, man. Am I, I don't know. Am I wrong? I mean, no, I'm no, just, no. You're right. I, I, I already I, started hearing some excuses, <laughs> and I'm like, no, there is no excuses for that. None, zero zilch, especially when the team. Had no game going on. They're on a break. No excuse whatsoever. They should have been able to put out a strong team, a stronger team, and they should have been able to beat the Cosmos. But you know what? If anything, it just goes to show how the the, the talent gap, right? You know, if if the Cosmos, they're not they're not as far as people might think. Then the gap between NESL and MLS is not as wide as some people might think. That's a fair observation. Well, I think for some teams, maybe not a team like Indy Eleven. No offense to them or anything, but the Cosmos. Yeah, not bad. Okay. Hey, what? She was say would struggle in the NSL. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. we'll save this argument for another time. So, Ivis, I'll let you go, man. You have a good time. I'll catch you later. Enjoy the USA game. Enjoy the Cosmopolitans that I'm hearing everyone's buying for you in Brazil. So, uh, have a good time, buddy. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> As always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views on iTunes. Ivis and I will be back again later this week. This is the SBI Show.